Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Um, Sans Ronald J. Martin. Ronald is on uh, a sabbatical pipe, but he's no longer on a social media sabbatical, I hear. But um, but he didn't he didn't end it according to our rules. He didn't make a uh, he didn't make a big hey guys I'm back. He just sort of posted a normal thing as as mm-hmm. if his return was not the biggest deal in the past week. I'm a little disappointed as though, in him. As though he'd never been gone. As though as though the world wasn't waiting with bated breath as as uh, as he made his first tweet. I mean I in, I know uh, I let out a sigh of relief when I saw his Instagram post because it was you know it was like mm-hmm. proof of life. Was the Instagram related to like? beaches and feet and piles of books and great relaxation uh i think it involved let me see i think it involved uh his wife and coffee so which are like two of his top three favorite things in the world so um so no not not quite as as beachy as all that although he did once i made fun of him for it he did text me a picture of feet and swimming pools and palm trees so oh that's great you know he saved that for the private communique to make me feel like a schmuck for sitting here in 40 degree rainy weather. I don't want to feel like our boy is doing nothing but the hard work of going to coffee shops and talking about his feelings. I want to make sure he's having some pool and beach time too. So um, what would a sabbatical be without that? But Piper, what would this show be without uh, a quick promo for Ligaris Roasters Coffee? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't done so already, go to happyrampodcast.com. Uh, order yourself a bag of Lagaris Roasters coffee and get your tickets for Live in Louisville, too, together for the rant rapidly approaching in April in Louisville. And actually, um, a quick word on that. So we still have seats available yeah. for those uh, who are wanting to buy tickets. We have a really good crowd coming, significantly larger than our first event, and we were really wow. satisfied with that one. Um, yeah, yeah. But we've had a couple people reach out who are either Patreon supporters, meaning they support us monthly financially, which you are welcome yep. to as well, listeners. Please consider it. Um, and so we, for, for supporting us, we offered a free ticket to the event. They said, well, hey, I'm not able to go either because of timing conflicts or location, um, but I would love to give my ticket away. So we have two or three free tickets if you Ooh. are somebody who is flat broke but really wants to be there or you have a flat broke friend. So you're a college student, a church planter, uh, somebody who has no money because there are you know, life is hard. Uh, yeah. Hit us up with a Facebook message or email us at happyrantpodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know. Those are first come, first serve. Um, I'm not going to ask for like your tax statements to see that you actually qualify. I will trust you. So, but we'll, we'll hook you up with a free ticket. If that's something that you'd wanted to do, you couldn't afford it. We have a few generous people who have donated their own tickets to it. So make sure to do that as well. Man, that's amazing, Pipe. That's really nice of our listenership. I feel like we've got we've got a good bunch of people um, yeah, attached it, to this. We, to this our program. listeners are way nicer than we are. There's no they question really about are. That. That's the fascinating thing. Like they're they're quantifiably nicer people than we are. So I, I wonder what role we fill in their life. I mean, I, I guess I guess you have to have a a friend or two who's meaner than you, so that yeah, you can I mean, feel I, better about yourself. I think we fill the they say the things we only think and then feel guilty for role. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Which I think I think I've always filled that role. Yeah. You know what I mean? You hang around the church long enough, you're going to end up filling that role, I, th- I think, 
at some point. But, yeah, uh, or or you just like you just explode after a while because you keep all of those comments in. I just decided <laughs> to let them out starting about I don't know thirty five years ago. Piper, speaking of things that we both kind of exploded about um, together this week because you sent me the link. There's a there's a particular thing, Pipe, that I feel like I can set my watch by each and every year, and it's not tax season. Um, it's not opening day of the baseball season. It is the Gospel Coalition's annual foray into articles about why people should or shouldn't play football. Um, this is this is like an evergreen topic for the Gospel Coalition, and it and it slays me. It cracks me up each and every time they do a piece about it because the piece is always by a, a pastor or a seminary professor who you can tell has gotten bored writing either sermon outlines or white papers, and they're like. Hey, I know about this football thing. I'll throw my hat into this discussion, which um, at each and every each and every gospel coalition article about it is completely indiscernible from the last. Um, so it, I mean, I, and given the fact that I read none of them, so I, yeah. I have I have very objective insights on these articles because I don't read yeah. any. I'm assuming they just use the same one from the year before, and they last yes. year was seven points. They chop it up into twelve this year. Um, yes. you know they just they swap out the stock photo at the top, something like that. But I mean, it's it's basically the same. So I yes, for, as far as I know, they're not actually different articles. The only thing that really changes is the name of the author each time. And uh, and Pipe, I, I'm ashamed to say I do read some of these because I am the football player of record in most of my like white Christian dude friend groups. So people will breathlessly send me these articles each and every time they drop. Is that drop. because you advanced further in football than anybody else or because you've written the most about it? Like what makes yeah. you so – like? So dramatically more football-y than Dude, than I think others. both and. And I think the fact that I'm still like hanging around it, the fact that I it's still true. coach, you, you do the coach, fact yeah. that I still play once in a while, like, you know, everybody's like, dude, you know, you really ought to, you know, you really ought to give this some thought because I know you're, I know you're in this world. I know you have a dog in this fight. So, um, it's always very earnest. Yours, yours was the first texted link to one of these articles that was actually like, Look how ridiculous it is that this is a thing year after year, which I appreciated because I share your your passion for feeling like it's completely ridiculous. But my question to you, Pipe, is uh, why does the Gospel Coalition think they need to continue wading into this issue? It's it's it is an amazing thing that you can set your watch by. But why do they keep doing this? Well, I mean, if if there's one thing we know about reformed blogdom, it's the why you should or why you shouldn't or how you should yes. think about. I mean, like those are the three paradigms of of articles: why you should do this, why you shouldn't do this, or how you should think about this, which which is closely related to how Christians should respond to. Um, yes, that's 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 sort of the subgenre. Yeah, it's so. After a while, you do run out of it. You're like, well, we've covered multi, we've covered like multi-site churches. We've covered women yep. in the ministry. We've covered, uh, you know, touchy, touchy social subjects. We've covered politics. Yeah, yeah, we've covered yeah, hip hop. We've, we've covered movies. Uh-huh. We've covered fiction. At least as long as Marilyn Robinson is involved, we don't really know yeah. any other fiction authors. Exactly. Um, and so then, then the lens turns to sports, and I think sports comes last because in you know these are high-minded people. Sports is yeah. like it's it's the dregs of entertainment in terms of sure. in, you know 
Like low morale. You go yeah, to the opera, low-brow. you go to the theater, you go to concerts, yep. then you go to whatever athletic arena. So I yeah. think it's just sort of what's left when they've run out of how you should or shouldn't think about other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, I remember in the past they you know it was should Christians watch MMA because oh, again yeah. violence. Yeah. It's the exact same article as the football one. It's just about guys punching each other in the head instead of running into each other with their heads. Exactly. You know what I'm ashamed to, to admit here on the air, Piper, is that I have been I've been roped into contributing to these articles more than once, and I know I've done it for I've done it for your dad's website. So I did it for Desiring God, like within the year. Um, I did it for them. I know I did it for Christianity Today, like three or four years ago. So I don't know that I've ever done a football-related article for the Gospel Coalition. So somebody who's a listener can like weigh in on that if if they remember that <laughs> if happening. They, if your if your concussed brain can't remember, <laughs> if my concussed, if my CTE-addled <laughs> brain can't quite comprehend whether or not I wrote you know, some version of the same article that everyone else has written. And I, um, I know I've written stuff like this. I mean, not, yeah. I've never written any article on football that is as long as anything that the gospel coalition. Oh no, on. these things are, they're, they're marathons. If you can get through, dude, if you can get through the article, it's proof that you don't have CT. Right. You know what I mean? This should be <laughs> yes, the, metric. Right. this also, should be the concussion protocol. Also if proof you, that you're probably not a football fan. Hmm. Yeah, proof that you have no dog in the football fight at all if you're if you're reading all 5000 words of this thing. But I this should this should be the thing so when you know when when uh Kirk Cousins gets concussed next year as a Minnesota Viking and he comes woozily to the sideline. I, I can I can hear the hopefulness in your voice about that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh no. No, you you can't. I'm being completely impassive and impartial. <laughs> but if he were to be concussed um and if he were to stumble woozily to the sideline, I think they should they should hand him, you know, the NFL like um, Microsoft Surface iPad type things. They all they all look at on the sideline. Yeah, the he should, that Bill Belichick throws in disgust and then goes back to using like three by five cards. Dude, exactly. They, they should be forced to make him pop open a web browser. So this is Kirk Cousins post concussion popping open a web browser navigating to the gospel coalition site and then finding this article and reading all 5,000 words of it. And if he can do that um, and then articulate some sort of response for the comment section, then he's fit to go back into the football game. I think this is, it's the new concussion protocol. This is the new concussion protocol. It involves a gospel coalition (laughs) article. So he'll, he'll go into that little tent. Are they doing that for the pros or is that just college where they use the little tent? No, I, I think they do it in the pros. Either that or they go back to the locker room. But yeah, they do it yeah. like out of out of sight of everybody, which I think is mainly so they can fake it. Dude, TGC could even like sponsor – they could sponsor the tent. You know, it could, it could have a little Gospel Coalition logo, a little picture of like Don Carson on the on the side of the concussion tent. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Cousins could stumble in there and, and then read his article and come back and, and – Lead your team to victory, Piper. Well, See, ben, how's ben that for Pays, who is the uh, who's the executive director? I don't think I don't know if that's his real title, but he's sort of yeah. the he's the he's the behind the scenes director of all things Gospel Coalition. Right. Uh, he is a former Wheaton College football player, and I believe he caught passes from Drew Brees when he was in high school as well. So he did. He told me that in a meeting that we were at together one time. So in he, which he does have a dog in this fight, or at least he did at one point. He might have you know he might have changed his opinion. I may have told you this story, but um, this was a meeting for a compilation book that KDY edited. Uh-huh. And so it was all these people. This was at the kind of the, 
the front end of the young reform movement when everybody was still kind of breathless about it that hadn't <laughs> what, met each what, other yet. Was still young. Everybody was still young. Yeah, exactly. Now it's the middle age reform movement. But yeah, everybody's still young, kind of kind of breathless, kind of excited to be in the room. You know, everybody hadn't done 25 conferences together at that time. And um, I ended up being seated next to Ben Pays, who was a, was a nice dude. We talked about the Drew Brees thing in football. But the funny thing I remember about Ben Pays is that Don Carson was the speaker for one of these meetings that we had. And, and it was like, you know, small conference room type of thing. There were maybe like 12 guys around the table and Carson comes in and he's wearing, he's wearing the kind of vest that Marty McFly wore in back to the future, such that it looked like a life preserver. And Ben Page drew a little picture of Don Carson in a boat wearing a life preserver and like slid it over in front of me. And I laughed. And <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a very Ben Pays thing to do. That's literally the only thing I remember about that entire weekend. <laughs> In which it was supposed to be an exciting time to meet all these movers and shakers in the reformed world, but this, I just remember goofing on Don Carson's life preserver with Ben Pace. That that may be why you are doing this podcast with me instead of uh, and not headlining the gospel yeah, coalition or, or doing a breakout weeks. or contributing to football articles for them or whatever. Dude, that very story is just kind of a microcosm of my whole career in a, in a nutshell. Like I get into the room where I'm supposed to be networking with all these high powered dudes and I just want to like have some laughs. That's my problem pipe. That's why I'm not on the on on the top, you know. But it but, is uh, but it is why this podcast works. It is. It is absolutely. And this is what I'd rather be doing. This podcast allows me to basically do that for 45 minutes every week. So, um this is this is exactly my skill set. So, Piper speaking of kind of having ha-has at the expense of certain people or in this case a certain person a certain steroidal very crossfitty person um you received a piece of uh fan mail would be too glowing a term uh, hate that, mail that, would probably that imply, be too strong yeah hate mail is too strong it's definitely not fan mail because that implies fandom um, yes. it was it was probably intended as constructive criticism but definitely mm. was much more of a you guys are better than that, which is, as we've discussed, my favorite piece of criticism. Absolutely. It's everyone's favorite piece of criticism. So tell us about the piece of mail, Piper, and how you received it and how you uh, – did you respond to it? Yeah, I, I don't know the whole story here. So lay some of this on me. Yeah, so it, it went to our Happy Rant podcast email address. So they didn't – you know, the, the this this listener or former listener probably at this point um, – was nice enough not to go dig up yours or my individual email address <clears throat> and basically yeah. said, hey, came across the podcast, really enjoyed it, the sense of humor. And then they listened to the episode we dropped several weeks ago uh, about Stephen Furtick preaching from the prone position on a futon, which was <laughs> delightful for us. It yes. was so fun. It was a and, blast I mean, for it was, us. That video was just like – it was a, it was Stephen Furtick's gift to the Happy Rant podcast saying, yeah. here – you can do an entire episode about this. And we did. Uh, but this particular listener said we were so mean-spirited that she had to turn it off, uh, pointed out our, our disrespectful attitudes, and then concluded the email with, aren't we all on the same team? Mm. That is the question that I now pose back to you, Ted. <laughs> Are we, in fact, all on the same team? Are we on the same team as Ferdy? Oh, Pipe, this is a tough question. And there, there's more that I would like to ask about 
but but I, I think you gave enough detail vis-a-vis the you know the piece of, of fan mail i wanted to know like whose thing she found the most offensive um but that's probably that's probably fleshly well, of me she, to want to know there was no, this is this is you know normally when we get negative reviews it's aimed at like one of us it's like i yeah. found this guy likable this guy's a little stuck up and ted is completely bored with the whole thing um yeah. you know that we get that kind of thing we're like i'm yeah. too critical and rant too much ted yeah, yeah. ted doesn't seem to want to be here and mostly people like ronnie so that's but she didn't do any of that she was just like you guys collectively are mean and aren't we all on the same team interesting i do think ronnie's getting meaner I, I think he's gotten progressively meaner. I've started caring more. So I think I think my level of caring more started, you know, kind of with the with the end of the Trogues era and the beginning of, of you know, the three of us. So so that's trending upward. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that I've made any positive gains in any direction. Dude, no, you haven't. You've stayed you've stayed exactly <laughs> the same, which is is either a compliment or a, a put down, depending on how you want to take it. But yeah, uh, is consistency but, a good thing if it's consistent mediocrity? Exactly. But back to the question at hand vis-a-vis Furtick and us being on the same team. Um, that's fascinating. And and I will have to say this. I I have not taken like a, a deep dive into Furtick's theology. I just know that the bits and pieces that I've seen from him, either clips or quotes or things that he's written, have all struck me as just – manifestly ridiculous um so if ridiculousness is a a sort of core value of being on the same team i think i would like to be on a different team if only for that reason uh but but i have to say i haven't i haven't taken a deep theological dive but i i'm not sure that i would find anything that would lead me to believe that we're on the same team if that makes sense well and i Okay, follow-up question. Is yeah. ridiculous – so there's ridiculous like that's asinine and then there's ridiculous yeah. like that's heretical. Yes. Like that's not what the Bible says about things. Yeah. Uh, would his stuff fall in both of those categories, more one than the other? Because to definitely, me – Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I would say definitely asinine but maybe heretical. Um, and that, that would just be my quick non-theological like knee-jerk response to it. But – I mean, I think the gate little clip that we listened to the other day, it was it was nonsensical and something being nonsensical and kind of made up by a person probably qualifies as heretical. Does it does it not? I I think so, especially when you're talking about God, like when you're talking about interacting with God and you start using like name it, claim it. Zen type of language to talk about getting God to bow to your wishes so that you're claiming gates and whatnot. I mean, yeah, ridiculous. It, it's absurd in a comical way. Like it just it's, yeah. it sounds like utter nonsense because mm-hmm. it is. Um, but when you're talking utter nonsense about God, I, I think that is heresy. I agree. And I, I agree. And I would like to go ahead and say I can't speak on your behalf, but it sounds like yeah. you were already saying this. I don't think we're on the same team as people who say heretical things. I agree. I agree. And uh, yeah, we. So to this listener, we are we are not on Ferdy's team. Now, if we're talking church softball, Piper, um, I think I would like to be on Ferdy's team because no, I see him. Absolutely not. He is one of those guys who likes to. He does vanity weights. So yes, that, he so does that vanity. He looks good. There's there's no way. There's no yeah. way that he can make the throw from like second to first, let alone <laughs> third to first. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. But he would wear, he would wear the Oakleys and the stirrups and the baseball pants. He would, he would do all of that with panache. Yeah. Um, He would definitely wear a sleeveless softball Jersey. Yes. Sleeveless softball Jersey, a la Jose Canseco circa, you know, 1993. And, uh, he, he would look good getting off the bus. That's the thing. It would, it would put fear into the other team. Yeah. But then you'd go out in the field for the other, you know, if you were playing against him, you'd be like, oh man, watch out for, you know, number, what number would he be like? Number seven, probably. Cause you yeah. numerology. Uh, yep. so watch out for number seven. That guy's got guns. And then you realize they're batting him eighth and he's, yeah. pl- and he's playing catcher and you're like, yeah. oh, he, they're they're either they're either they're totally him. they're either totally hustling us or he or he's really not very good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it would be, it would be interesting. And and you're right. You know, you've even talked me out of being on the same church softball team as as Ferdy. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. Same CrossFit that, team I'm down with. He would CrossFit I would, team absolutely. You know, but not yeah, softball. if you're throwing like you know telephone uh, telephone poles or uh, flipping tractor tires over a wall, he's your he's your guy. You know. And he's also he would be great at like doing the social media for your CrossFit team because as we discussed, CrossFit can never it can never just happen in a vacuum. CrossFit is only CrossFit to the degree that you're telling people about what you're doing. So um, I feel like Ferdy would be gifted in that space too. Very, very similar to pastoring in that way. That's true. Yeah. Wow. So you know maybe maybe he's right where he needs to be. I don't know. Um, Piper, speaking of, I don't know if we would call Furtick a ministry rock star. We probably would, um, given the size of his church and and the kind of platform he has. Um, I want to lay I want to lay a story on you, and then I want to talk about rock star behavior that qualifies as appropriate or inappropriate. And in this case, we're talking about actual rock stars, so actual musicians. None of whom are Ronnie Martin. So for the record, Ron, we're not we're not talking about you. Not that he listens. Not that he even remembers or cares that he's a part of this podcast right now. Des- but, despite his recent foray into podcasting uh, with the the Tooth and Nail podcast, which like forty two of our listeners sent us, and they were like, "Oh my goodness, Ronnie's alive doing another podcast." He was a guest mm, on that, so he yeah. he broke his sabbatical to be a guest. Well. They released. I don't know when he recorded it, but uh, so this is not about that, dude. I feel like this sabbatical is almost—it's very subjective. It's like an emergent sabbatical. You know, there are no there are no boundaries to it. You know, it's like <laughs> his, I'm on, his, this is his truth and his narrative. It's his truth and it's it's his journey. I'm on sabbatical when it's convenient for me. Except that when I want to do something that will further my career quantifiably, I'm I'm calling an end to the sabbatical for an afternoon. Um, I don't know. I yeah, feel, if I feel there like, were if there were royalties attached to this podcast, I bet he would still be doing it. Dude, okay, I just had a stroke of genius. This <laughs> is what the Gospel Coalition needs to be writing about Piper, not football. They need to put parameters on what a reformed sabbatical looks like. So, Gospel Coalition listeners and writers, if you're out there and I know you are, I want 5,000 words with subheadings on what a proper Christian sabbatical is because we need more law. We need law in this area. Grace, grace is not sufficient for for the sabbatical. And this uh, article would be best coming from somebody who's never had a sabbatical because yes. that's that's how the football articles also work. Yeah, right. So someone who's never even come close to a football field or a helmet or anything football related. Yeah. So ideally, this would be written by someone who maybe as a seminary student or a seminary professor, but who has never pastored. So, you know, the further you can be away from actually knowing 
anything about about the topic, the better. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm shocked this hasn't happened, actually, Piper. I'm shocked there's not a, a GCO, you know, kind of sabbatical law kind of thing. Like a sabbatical for, handbook or something. A sabbatical handbook, exactly. Like just a little 5,000 words, something to – Something to tuck in your overnight bag when you go to the beach and you're thinking, you know, how do I how do I navigate this sabbatical thing? How am I to think about this? Um, but we've uh, we've gotten off topic because we're not talking about sabbaticals right now. We're talking about rock stars. And as you know, Piper, I am the journalism professor um, at a Christian college. And as such, I oversee um, the student newspaper and the student magazine. And one of my writers, uh, the most softest the softest hearted kid I know, uh, just a sweet kid, very sensitive, has a semi worshipful relationship with a particular band who I'm not going to give the name of. And but I can I can say that the band is like pretty C list. You know, they're not playing arenas. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They're definitely not playing arenas. Um, and they, they are they are they are the Joe Thorne of bands. They're the Joe Thorne of bands. They're not playing arenas. They're in that like. <laughs> Maybe they're the Steven Furtica bands and that they're in that like kind of pseudo Christian space in that like I think for parents of a certain ilk, they're happy to buy these records for their kids because they're not like full on rebellious. Um, so anyway, my writer went to see this band, um, came back, wrote a long, immersive, really good piece about it. And, the, and tonally, I would say the piece was semi worshipful. Um, but he the band apparently was joking around on stage about how they're getting older. So uh, my writer included some of those observations in the piece. And what followed was the band finding him on Facebook and calling him a bunch of unkind names about what he wrote and also engaging in like several hours worth of, you know, Facebook comment section related arguing with a bunch of college kids. Um, I took umbrage to this Piper. And I took umbrage not for moral reasons, but for rock star reasons, <laughs> because I feel as though the least rock star thing in the world to do would be arguing in a Facebook comment section, which strikes me as the most middle aged lady thing in the world to do. And I, I ask myself, would would Keith Richards do this? Would Iggy Pop do this? The answer is resoundingly no. Um, what what do you have to say about this issue, Piper? You're right. It is not an A-list rock star thing to do. However, it is a generational rock star thing. Like NBA players do this. Dude, you're like, right. You're right. You know, and so they're you know they're like they are millionaires. They are at the top of their profession. The, everybody who criticizes them is is purely jealous. Now, your writer did not criticize. He observed and commented. Yeah. That's a different observed thing. Observed and commented. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and yet they feel the need to punch down these these people. However, yeah. if you are a C-list touring middle-aged rock band, I'm pretty sure this is par for the course. Especially when like you're sitting there with your three generations old iPhone. Actually, forget it. This guy's an Android guy uh, yeah. at the back of some 15 passenger van because you're not actually big enough to have a tour bus. Right. Um, that. What else are you going to do while sweating it out on the vinyl seats between you know Little Rock and Tupelo? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, and and hear this. I respect all performers. I really do. Like, I respect anybody with the courage to get on stage and perform and put their put their create creative product out there to be criticized by the world. I mean, you and I know what this feels like. We've mm -hmm. we've done it as writers, and you know, it takes a certain 
amount of courage to do that. And um, I also understand vanity very, very well. Um, you know, I think I'm on the I'm definitely on the vanity spectrum. And um, I also understand how much it sucks to get older. Um, however, yeah, I, I just felt like, whoa, this is this is really beyond the pale like rock star behavior, you know, like, because for me, the reason, the reason, and maybe this is a function of the era that I grew up in vis-a-vis punk rock and some of the things that I liked as a teenager. But I think you go to see a rock band because they are people who don't care. They, they sling the guitar over their shoulder. They make loud music and they don't care. And the not caring is part of what makes them cool. But if you are, chopping it up online with a bunch of teenagers that that that's just admitting that you're uncool. You know what I mean? Um, because it's admitting that you care too much about what they think about you. Does that right. make sense? It does. And uh, I think it's all, I mean, it's just, it, it's so ridiculous. I mean, you're not on social media, so you don't get, you know, you yeah. don't have the people who just can like lob criticism at you so conveniently, but Anytime you put out anything publicly, somebody is going to hate on it. Like the fact yeah. is that oh, yeah. supportive fans are usually quiet. They just enjoy yes. your work. Very yep. few of them are like effusively uh, supportive. So the ones you yeah. hear from are usually the ones who aren't crazy about it or have questions or they pose it. You know, there's some criticism there. Yeah. They're almost never worth engaging with. Right. And, and so especially when you look at it and you're like, oh, dude is 19 years old. Yeah. What I want to know what you told your student about that interaction in terms of like, well, now you've learned a little something about, you know, yeah. taking criticism as a published writer, those kinds of things. Yeah, I did. I mean, we had we had really good conversations along those lines. But I also told him this. If and when you're famous for your writing, if I ever find out that you're on Facebook at 11 p.m. arguing with a bunch of college kids, like I'm going to I'm going to find you and I'm going to give you a beating. Right. Um because that's – it's conduct unbecoming of a famous person. You know what I mean? I mean like, it's conduct of unbecoming of an adult. But yes, famous person exactly. especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean I think the I think the fallout of the incident was good. I think my writer learned some things about you know what what jokes to leave on the cutting room floor in an article and even even like not not adding people when you like – post an article on Facebook, you know, it's one of those things that because he added them, they, they saw it right away. And, you know, otherwise it probably would have been a thing that would have come and gone. But, um, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a good learning moment. And, um, but just an interesting thing and your, your general, your generational point is well taken pipe. And, and you're right. Like I had another conversation with another student, um, about, you know, and he asked me, he's like, would you ever create like if you were an NBA player, would you create a fake Twitter account to like troll your fans? Oh, the old and Kevin, I was like the old Kevin Durant move. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even have a real Twitter account, much less a fake one. I mean, I know there are a bunch of fake Ted Cluck accounts, but like I'm not involved in any of them. So, no, I wouldn't. But, you know, he's like, oh, man, a bunch of NBA players do it. And I'm like, I know. But um, like, I just can't get into that headspace. I can't imagine that being fun. Um, but I think for the people who do it, it's fun. Um, and that's why they do it. And, and I, I kind of get it on that level. You know, it wouldn't be fun for me and I can't relate to it being fun, but you know, I, I think it is fun for some people and it, and it, it brings 
energy for a certain kind of person. Yeah, I I think it's fun. I I think there is a there's some level of like insecurity that it shows, or just or sort of where where you see your your value and reputation being most shaped because yeah. life life is so lived online by yes. by the sort of the current generation. So call it like thirty and under. So sure. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm past that, but not so far past that I can't recognize it. Yeah. Um, but I think so. So like I could see Justin Bieber doing this. You yeah, know, and that, I can see that. And that man is like a multi-quadrillionaire superstar right. in terms of fame. But yeah. I, I bet if he started taking criticism for certain things, like that hit a nerve, he yeah. would clap back on Twitter or yeah. Instagram or Snapchat or whatever he's currently deciding to use because he's probably on whatever the, the latest platform is that will live and die in two weeks. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I think that there's, there is something there where like that is where the fans really are. And, and sure. that's where reputations exist. Yeah. And so, it, you know, you said, would Keith Richards ever do this? No, but I bet Keith Richards couldn't tell you what Twitter is either. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's <laughs> true. Keith Richards probably couldn't tell you who he is at this point. So that might not <laughs> be the best example. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's a it's a good point, Pipe. And um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to, like, look at the kind of behavior that that we equate with kind of normal fame type behavior and it is changing you know and it's just one of those reminders that um what's it's so much we're getting older like it it used to be that when you rose to fame you were above the fray now now when you rise to fame you just like the fray comes at you and so you and and you're sort of like it's it's almost like you're just more publicly petty instead of you know publicly classy yeah Exactly. No, you're you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's it's a weird thing. And Piper, we can only hope that, you know, the fame that's about to come our way via live in Louisville. Uh, I hope I hope that we're prepared to handle it. You know, um, don't don't think I haven't thought about that. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe somebody writes something unflattering about, you know, about our performance there. And I'll feel completely differently about this whole matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I took heat from a listener a while back for. Uh, let's see. What were we talking about? Oh, it was when we did the stories about you know and about people reaching out to try to connect. And you told yeah. the story about being invited over to that guy's house for what you thought was like an author event, and instead it was like dude sitting around in the backyard. They basically filched a bunch of books from you, and then you and Zach left awkwardly. Yeah, and I that told was the story terrible. about a guy reaching out to try to connect, and then trying to like schedule me into fifteen minute time slots through a digital assistant. Uh-huh. And and basically the criticism was. Uh, the guy was like, you're really good at this podcast, but you're too much of a douche for me to ever think that I would want to hang out with you. And I was like, ah, bah. he's so wrong. Wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a shot. Yeah. And that's I had to a work, real shot. I had to work hard. I mean, I guess this is me passive aggressively taking shots back at the guy, but, yeah, yeah. uh, I had to work hard not to like fire back in that instance in some yeah. sort of like self-defense or, you know, get into yep. some sort of a, an insult war because, because it does like those things sting. I'm not a big fan of being thought of as a like nobody wants to hang out with me because I'm a douchebag. That makes me annoyed and sad yeah. because that's not how I want to be. And then I'm yeah. like, the guy's never met me. That's totally unfair. But I get on a tiny microcosm scale where that hits a nerve. Sure. And that's when I have to take a step back from social media and go, oh, life 
doesn't actually exist online. It actually exists everywhere else. Yeah, that's right, man. And, and, you know, I can, I can vouch for how fun you are to hang out with. And it's, it is a part because you are a douche, but, <laughs> but I think you're a douche in the same way that I am. So as long as I'm a delightful one, you're a delightful douche. So the, the hanging out <laughs> scenarios, you know, work swimmingly for us, but, uh, uh, at any rate, Pipe, we have done what we often do on this program. We have we have hung out and hopefully not been too much like that for the last uh, for the last forty minutes as we've wandered to and fro throughout these topics. But uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.